Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're offering some post-grad money advice for the real world. watched a ton of the show but did you ever watch the real world back in the day on mtv i didn't get cable till i was like in oh, my teens <laughs> no not really you were you were spared that uh, and road rules were so hot back then they so they were the, like the original reality tv shows they uh gave you that behind the behind the peak yeah the it, peak behind the curtain yeah and now like reality tv way. shows are a dime a dozen it, it dominates the entertainment that, that most folks watch but yeah man we're gonna give some graduate money advice for folks out there who are entering the real real world. And this is going to be a timely episode, of course, because a lot of folks are graduating right now. Life is looking different for a lot of folks as they are leaving the comforts of their university or they're uh, living there with their parents. One of those hinge points. And like, I think this, this advice can equally apply to high school grads and college grads, probably a little more applicable to college grads who are kind of moving out there into the real world, starting a career, stuff like that. But Uh, I do think, yeah, when you're at a hinge point, sometimes you need specialty advice to kind of help you uh, get where you're going. That's what a commencement address is all about. And uh, it's it's, it's funny. You you don't always remember what you heard in your commencement address, but often you're motivated by it. So hopefully... And hopefully you remember what it is that we say today. (laughs) At least a couple things. (laughs) At least a couple things. To actually effectuate some change in your life. Because, yeah, you may not know exactly how to cook yourself a proper meal now that you're living on your own. You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there. And hopefully we will set you on the right path when it comes to how it is that you should be handling your money. Yeah. All right. But before we get to that, Matt, I just wanted to mention that. uh, So I was looking for a replacement vacuum. I think I mentioned a couple years ago, we bought one of those stick vacuums from Wise and it it was okay. I guess, I'm not sure if it's just that this vacuum was okay or if it's just stick vacuums in general. Don't live up to the Oh, I completely believe it is the stick vacuum. Like you're talking about the cordless, the battery powered. Inferior product, one hundred percent. Two pounds, which I think people are all jazzed about. They don't have a cord, but they just don't suck as much as they should. <laughs> they suck, right? <laughs> exactly. And so, in fact, they actually blow. So yeah, right. <laughs> they are not getting the job done. Yeah. So I, it was, it's time to to get a different one, one that actually works. And get you, a, you get you a good one, especially with three kids. Well, I was like doing the research, and it turns out some of those shark vacuums oh, seem yeah. to review well. Come and over to the dark side, my friend. <laughs> shark vacuums. So I, I feel like I've been a proponent of them for a long time because. Like I'm willing to spend a little bit more on a tool that's going to allow you to get the job done yeah. more effectively. Exactly, especially yeah. if it lasts a long time. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, I saw that it was on sale at Costco, and I was like, oh man, all right, looks like I might need to make this happen. But 
Then I did a Google shopping search. I found out that the same vacuum was on a scratch and dent sale at Woot for less than half the price. So I think it was Ooh. 160 at Costco, and I got it for 60 on Woot. Oh snap! And I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give this a go because scratch. It looks it doesn't look dented or scratched at all. I was like, This looks perfectly fine. It doesn't have other people's dander, <laughs> uh, pet dander. Not and, that I could and, tell. And hair. <laughs> Maybe some of the models were worse than what I received, but mine looked Stuck perfectly, in the brush roll. perfectly good. Well, and it's working like a champ, nice. man, for 60 bucks. Well, I said brush roll. That is, in particular, I think what sets those shark uh, vacuum cleaners apart from all the others is the brush roll on those things. It can beat the heck out of a rug and some carpet and it knocks up all the dust and then it sucks it up. And then I, I, I run a about huge, that. Huge that was one of the things, because like, that's what sharks. always gets clogged because we've got cats and messy kids yeah. and, and those brush rolls would just get well, clogged yeah. but, the, but the sharks don't seem to in the same way they, yeah they don't as much so the question is it sounds like an advertisement <laughs> for a shark but it's really <laughs> it's not it's mostly like, i really am such a big like we, we've <laughs> always like we've we got a shark like years ago and yeah. we were actually on our second shark after the first one crapped out after like a decade and really it's a lesson in typing the item that you're interested in into google sure. and seeing if you can find it cheaper elsewhere and not being afraid to go scratch and dent there's even like scratch and dent uh like uh, appliance places up here where we live mm-hmm. so you can go yeah who cares who cares what your washing machine looks like as long as it does the job i don't care if it's scratch and dent eh, just some people care i don't care i don't care and i think we should what is care the war- so what's the warranty because that's one of the things so were you to buy it at cost that's the biggest downside yeah right but you does yours have a warranty uh it's like 90 days or 60 days okay. or something like that it's so, got it's, something. so as long as you know yeah. that you can get it and that it's actually exactly. working for a period of time it's minimal but I, it might this might end up being a frugal or cheap so you let us know right, yeah, where to crap out at day 120 right obviously yeah, you, wouldn't want you can't that. plan on that. But I guess the other thing is if the prices were similar, like if I was going to save 20 bucks getting it on Woot, I probably would have gone Costco, the Costco route sure. for that additional peace of mind. But I was like, the price cut is drastic enough it's a pretty big cut. where it makes sense. So nice. uh, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to use Google Shopper. Don't be afraid to go scratch and dent with items if it means you're going to save a decent chunk of money. All right, let's mention the beer we're having on this episode. This is The Taken by Casa Agria. And they collabed with uh, a brewery called There Does Not Exist. Mm-hmm. It's a, a farmhouse ale. We'll give our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. Yeah, and I'm going to comment on the label just right out of the gate because I remember the we had Casa Agria beers like years ago yeah. on the show. And I remember the labels being way traditional. This is a pretty dope, minimal black label that I can really get into. Yeah, it looks so, good. looks good. Yeah. So let's we, hope the beer tastes good. We'll share our actual thoughts on the beer, though, at the end yeah, for of sure. this episode. But let's get on to the, the subject at hand, Matt. We're offering some post-grad money advice that hopefully people can take into the real world and use, and especially our younger listeners. And it made me think about getting, getting my driver's license. For us, back in the day, it was earth-shattering. It was game-changing. It meant freedom on the open road. And I geographic freedom. That's right. Yeah. Go wherever you want. And I remember studying to get my learner's permit the day I turned 15. Like I wanted to, I wanted to, didn't want to delay at all on my path to getting in a car and being able to go wherever I wanted. Did you go to the driver department of DDS, the department of driver services and they had had those books uh, that you could take out and where you would learn how to, yeah. Stop at a red light before you yeah, get that right. Right. <laughs> I still that, remember that having to learn the uh, the sign for slow moving vehicle. Do you remember that? It's like no. Oh, it goes on the back of like a, a tractor or something like that oh, if funny. they're driving on on a interstate. <laughs> and it's like a it's like a triangle with like an orange. orange yeah. yeah orange okay. Yeah. That I means slow moving vehicle. That's right. And I remember someone said that's going to be one of those little questions <laughs> they ask you, and it was. Well, that's what was cool is that you always had friends who were you know a couple months older than you. Yeah. They give you the inside track. That's right. That's right. They give you the cliff notes <laughs> version. <laughs> but uh, it's it's interesting the youth of today seem a little less interested in getting their driver's license. But for us, geriatric millennials, it was like the most important event on our calendar. Sure. We, nothing else mattered uh, except for except for getting getting your uh, license in your wallet. Well, and graduating high school or college, I would say, is, is similarly a pretty freaking momentous occasion, easily on par with getting your license. And everyone seems to have a word of advice for people who are graduating. There's the, uh, the classic handing of the book, oh, the place you shall go. Who needs 10 copies of that? But a lot of people are getting that. That's just kind of uh, marks the occasion. Did you get 10 copies? Uh, no, I don't well, think I did, but I'm just... I don't even know if I got a single copy I'm of embellishing. that. I'm So I did, okay. I didn't even... I read certain number That's because people knew you weren't going places. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Seuss books when I was a kid, but I had never even heard of that one until my senior year. Miss uh, Anderson, I still remember. Okay. She was one, like, one of my best teachers. And she read that to us, and it was such a... A, because I never heard of it. It was pretty impactful, but she was, dude, she had like tears in her eyes and there's something about 
teachers of seniors when they know that this is a class that's like actually yeah. going to go out there. It it's it's heartwarming, you know. When like, they believe in you, yeah, 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 and it, it really does. I think have an impact, and when when you see that there's like, oh man, there's like other adults other than my parents who think I'm actually going <laughs> to do gonna something, something. And even my parents, I'm like, yeah, I'm not totally sure. If right, they're, they're totally bought in. They're just saying because they have to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we've got some thoughts too. I think I think the people listening to this this uh, podcast can can amount to a lot of things, but they got to get things right on the money mm-hmm. front. So we're going to do our best to deliver kind of some uh, money advice for post-grads, uh, for folks who are just finishing school. We'll do our best to deliver it in aspiring commencement format. So don't screw this you up, Matt. have a way of doing that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so of course, this is a time of year that there are a lot of just new adults setting sail. They're out there. They're launching out to far off horizons, whatever imagery that it is you want to use. And so like you, you said a word, I think you said like hinge point or something like that, right? Yeah. And I think that's totally true. It reminds me of our conversation that we had with Katie Milkman. And she, like there is research pointing to the fact that if you want to make some changes in your life, if you want to pick up a new habit, if you can coordinate that with some either major dates or just life change, you are more likely going to be able to stick with that. The fresh start effect. Exactly. And it's like, for instance, like folks who wanted to quit smoking, I think, uh, who were just randomly like a random date, basically. I call those people quitters, by the way, Matt. <laughs> uh, it's good for you to be a quitter in this case. In this case. But for folks who decided to quit on their actual birthday, I mean, it was like chart blowing just the the amount of success that those folks were able to have versus folks who were just assigned a regular date. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it, when you think There's about a it, psychological element exactly. that really sticks with you. And I think that's a, a part of why this is so important for us to talk about in particular for all the all the grads it's out there. It's a functioning effect of our primordial brains. And it's kind of cool that you can tap into that. And and I do think that, yeah, that listening to this advice more now. That, yeah, that exactly. There's a gravity to it. And, and I think a gravitas there's an ability I prefer. Yeah, for people to, to make outsized uh, changes now based on the fact that they're changing life circumstances. Totally. Yeah. And on top of that, personal finance education is lacking, right? And it's mostly, to be honest, it's mostly non-existent. I think only something like 17 states are now making it mandatory to have like any sort of personal finance education before high school graduation. Uh, so that is helpful, but it's also not a cure-all, right? Like this, it still leaves tens of millions of young adults out there without any knowledge at all about a subject that is going to impact them every single day for, <laughs> for the rest of their lives. It makes me think of like back when it was tax season, folks were like, don't know how to file my taxes, but I know I do know what a parallelogram is. Right, so. exactly. A rhombus. I mean, there's all sorts of things <laughs> exactly. that we remember. Stupid, stupid things that yeah. we will never use again. And maybe a small, small fraction of high school students will use that moving on to the future if they go into like yeah. uh, and th- engineering or something. And like this that, isn't but. a dig against a cl- like classical education or like a liberal arts education, but it is helpful to focus on things that are going that are actually going to impact us in the day to day. Some practicalities at the same that, time. Totally. It's kind of like home ec. That was a class. That was a very practical class. Yeah, yeah. T- totally learned how to bake some biscuits and uh, <laughs> we're trying to keep that baby alive too uh and so this episode is particularly geared toward young folks who maybe aren't quite sure how to think about and how to handle money as they enter this this brave new world oh yeah that's true well and there's a lot of conflicting advice out there in the real world as about how you should handle your money as well and, yeah. yeah and the advice is limited and what advice there is out there it's conflicting yeah you might find a few different people start following them start listening and be like i feel like I'm at more of a loss than I was before I started following these people because they seem to take different tacks. And we're not holding ourselves out to be the end-all be-all on the the money advice front. There are lots of wise people worth listening to, but we will rely on wisdom beyond our own creation here on this episode. And so we will offer a bunch of advice that you can hopefully implement that will impact a wide range of money decisions that you'll have to make in your life, not just a few specific ones, but hopefully time-tested truths that are going to help you no matter the specific circumstances you find yourself in. And it's also true, by the way, that the best commencement addresses are inspiring. I mentioned that, Matt. And they, mm-hmm. they help you think through something that's eternally true in kind of a new light through a new perspective. It makes me think of uh, uh, J.K. Rowling's Harvard commencement speech in 2008. It's one of my favorites. And she talks about totalitarianism, human suffering, hope and empathy, but in brilliant ways that you're never going to forget. These are like uh, timeless human emotions and things that we're impacted by, but the way she weaves her story, it leaves a long-lasting impact. And so we don't we don't have her pedigree or imagination, but, but we'll do our best. She basically spoke of all the different virtues, all the things that Harry experiences within the Harry Potter books. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's start off with some framing, uh, because in your late teens, maybe your early 20s, I think it can be really difficult to figure out what it is that you should be striving for. 
And what you want to achieve is going to directly impact what you do with the money that starts flowing in. And so what we recommend is to start with the end in mind. Warren Buffett, he was just asked at the annual Berkshire Hathaway conference about how to live your life. And he, as always, he gave some sage advice. And here's a quote. He said, you should write your obituary and then try to figure out how to live up to it. I love that. I've heard other folks t- basically speak to like the difference between uh, eulogy virtues and resume virtues, right? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we know that we want to have eulogy virtues in our life. And th- like at the end of the day, that folks will be able to say things about us as a person. But a lot of times what ends up happening is we focus on our careers. We focus on the resume. We're careerists and are focusing just on whether it's the, the next rung of the ladder to achieve or what skills we can gain in order to make more money. It's not that those aren't bad things, but especially the, when you're young, you need to not lose sight of some of those eulogy virtues as yeah. well. We're leaving some of that character development uh, on the sidelines as we pursue kind of the, the uh, some of those other things that are more short-term in nature. Totally. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, he said something similar, you know, many years ago about why he stamp- started Amazon. Basically, he said something about like when I'm like old, when I'm 80 years old, I'm not going to regret having at least tried this. Yeah. He's uh, talking about how the internet was fledgling and he knew it was going to be something. And he said, I might fail spectacularly, but yeah. man, I'm, I, I'll feel like a bigger failure if I don't even give it a shot. That's right. Yeah. And so the natural thing, it seems, is just to take the route of those who are closest to you, you know, basically what your friends are doing, just going along with the flow and not, not only in your career, but also when it comes to your saving and how it is that you spend your money. But when you're able to start with the end in mind, when you start with your desired end, it's going to become a lot easier to take a, a different, a more unique path. You're going to be able to run all of, all of those different decisions through a filter. And hopefully you can ask yourself and say, hey, does this get me closer to that desired end? Um, having these goals in mind, even if they're not solidified, if they're not crystallized in concrete yet, I, th- I think can still be a good practice to mm-hmm. start thinking through this process of setting some of these bigger goals in life. I mean, I think all of us can, at least to some extent, come up with some eulogy virtues we want to have said about us at some point in the future when we do pass away. And I think all of us can benefit from thinking about that a little bit more in the here and now. And and I think this means for, for graduates, considering your values and your goals, and I, I mean your values and your goals, and you might not know right now the exact field you want to end up working in. That's okay. I mean, podcasts, they didn't exist, Matt, when you and I graduated, yet here we are. We didn't know. Or they, or they barely existed. I remember listening to some podcasts back really? in the When we were like, tw- I guess. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I was an early adopter. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so they barely <laughs> existed. Maybe, they, but yeah, yeah. it was pretty it hard. Was, to, it was not what it is today. Right. I'll, I'll say and, that. The, and nobody really had a career in podcasting. Yeah. And you would have been silly to say that you're going to, because they certainly didn't exist on that level. There were no Joe Rogans, right, to aspire no. to be or anything like it, that. It felt more like like AV Club back in the 80s. Right. This like, <laughs> is what it, what it felt like. It might be like, I'm going to do something super nerdy and see what happens but totally that's that's, yeah absolutely yeah not get into that as a career but you can still use your personal values and your goals even if you're not exactly sure which form they're going to take and which field you're going to direct them into to help you make choices in the here and now that are slowly but surely moving you in the right direction and man i think what we're talking about here is like regret minimization is kind of what we're after so we would suggest to make a list of things you want to accomplish before you die that can be helpful in the day-to-day pushing you in a, a direction that leads you more towards choices that aren't going to help you just in the short term but are going to really help you accomplish some of those bigger goals that you have maybe it's like learning a foreign language maybe you've just got to see the great wall of china before you die i mean whatever it is write these things down is it having kids stuff like that it'll help inform the route you take now because if you say hey kids are massively important to me you're unlikely to be nose to the grindstone till you're 40 and then look up and start to to see oh wait do i have a life partner is is this is kids still on the table like if if kids are important to you you're probably going to start thinking about that sooner rather than later so uh just knowing what it is that you want is going to help you minimize regrets later on absolutely by the way like i know it feels like you've got just this unlimited amount of time on hand right i I think especially when you're younger that's how it feels the horizon it seems endless but it is important to realize that this just is not true it makes me think of the the tim urban post uh from back in the day like several years ago well make sure to link to it, but it is paradigm shifting. Uh, he, he basically like he's got a knack of being able to provide perspective on the amount of time we have left on Earth based on the different things that we want to be able to do in life. Yeah. And like one of the examples he gives, I remember he's a big Red, Red Sox fan. And by simply doing some math, he's able to calculate, oh, man, based on how often I go to actual Red Sox games, 
that probably means I'm only going to go to like 20 more in the rest. <laughs> yeah. Like for, basically before I die. Puts it in a different perspective. It completely changes how we view things. Well, he's terrible at illustrations, but his terrible <laughs> illustrations really do convey like really deeper, profound truths about, in particular, that post, our time, how much we have left. He, he just came out with a new book. I haven't read it yet, yeah. but I, I want to. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you're like, well, that doesn't seem very appealing to me. No. So for everyone out there, even if you're, you're still in your teens or your early 20s, for instance, it, this impacts your relationships as well, because the reality is that you've already spent the vast majority of the time that you're going to spend with your parents already. I think it's something like by the time you hit 18, I think like you spent like 92 or 94% of yeah, the like that, yeah. amount of time that you're ever going to spend with your parents, which is mind blowing. But having a and bit... And if you've only f- spent 50, it's time to move out of the house. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, we, we just want folks to appreciate, you know, how fleeting time can be in order to help you to cherish the good times that you have in the present. We want folks to understand that time, it truly is more valuable than money because we, like time is that limited resource. You can always make a little bit more money, maybe spend a little bit less if you don't have the ability to make more to achieve the goal of having more on hand, but you cannot change the amount of time that you have here on earth. And so we want to make sure that folks are thinking about that, that you are prioritizing accordingly. And that, like Joel said, that you are striving after those goals that truly matter, not the goals of all the people around you. I still remember early 20s, first job, still small amounts of money. First salary was minimal. And then I I went from being full-time to going to a part-time job with a still really low hourly rate. And it felt like money was definitely the biggest priority. And I, I, I think there's probably a lot of new graduates, whether it's high school or college, who feel that, right? They're like, no, 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 yeah. I have tons of time. Money is the thing I have in short supply. I got to get that figured out. And it's you're not wrong that you got to get the money thing figured out and that it's really important to, to work towards earning more, growing in your career and building wealth. Like those are all important things that we're going to talk about in this episode. But but Matt's so right. It's so easy and, and to, to kind of lower your head, forget that time's the most important thing. And you wake up a decade later and you're like, wait a second, what did I, yeah, I've, I've, I've been able to build this wealth, but what, how much life did I miss out on along the way? And so it's just always important to remember continually along the way that time is the most important resource and to treat it wisely. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said about waking up a decade later, because I think that's exactly what happens. We, we've got our, you know, our heads down, nose to the grindstone. We start working and we start getting good at our jobs. We start making more money. And guess what? We like to do things that we're good at. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's this self-fulfilling prophecy and you end up hurtling faster and faster towards being a workaholic mm-hmm. to not necessarily having a life outside of work. Like that's what you get patted on the back for. That's what you get yes, raises for. Exactly. And nothing in, else in life is giving you quite that same response mechanism. And so we start avoiding our hobbies. We don't hang out with our friends as much as we or used to. We don't to. even know what our hobbies are because yeah. we haven't taken the time to actually figure those out. Yeah. And then we're like, wait a second, now I have plenty of money and now I don't know what to do with it because I don't really have a life outside of my job, which is a, an awful place that a lot of Americans end up in. Yeah. So we're talking about time or, you know, we've zoomed out and we've talked about some of these bigger goals, these bigger ideas and concepts that we need to have in the forefront of our minds, not just the nuts and bolts. But we are going to talk about the practical side of things, how it is that we should be handling our money, specifically how it is that we should be spending our money. And we'll get to that right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. 
Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it. Minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're back. We're still talking about kind of advice for recent graduates. We're still drinking craft beer. Still drinking craft beer. And that is something you should. It's, if you're a high school graduate, not yet. But if you're a college graduate, yeah, make sure to incorporate a little bit of good beer money Focus, in your focus on the good stuff, yeah. not the all the, the crappy stuff Drink that's less out there. and drink better. That's mm. a good motto to have. Wise, sage words <laughs> from Joel, the professional beer drinker. That might be the best <laughs> advice we can offer in this episode. But there's a lot more we want to get to. <laughs> a lot of kind of specifics on kind of... Uh, thoughts on how we approach consumption, thoughts on how we approach investing, but at the heart of kind of everything we want to talk about in this episode as well, and it's really the heart of what this whole show is about, it's to reframe what money is, what it can do. And uh, one of the things that we constantly go back to is the fact that money is a tool. That is a core belief of ours here at How to Money. It's a it's an important tool. It's a crucial tool, but it's a poor value to live by. And so we want you to be good with money, to know how to handle it effectively, not so that you can become a billionaire or even a multimillionaire, although that might be in your future and it's not the worst thing ever, but uh, it, 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 in fact, it can be a wonderful aspiration. But we want you to handle money effectively because it generates confidence and it gives you options. And basically, you're going to touch money in some way, form, or fashion every single day from here on out. You yeah. will not have uh, a day in all likelihood unless you just, I don't know, you're, you're, going, you're paying at least a portion of that subscription for Netflix or whatever every day of your life. So you are going to be spending, saving, investing in some way, form, or fashion every day from here on out. And you neglect educating yourself on personal finances at your own peril. But at the same time, fixating on money too greatly, making it the end goal is going to come with other massive costs in your life that just aren't worth it. Mm -hmm. you, you end up uh, falling slowly but surely into Scrooge territory. I don't think, I mean, look back, you remember the uh, ghost of Christmas past, Matt, and, and uh, Ebenezer Scrooge's young life was filled with joy and a loving relationship and he had the best boss in the world. He didn't think in all likelihood at that point in time he would end up into the greedy, miserly, terrible man that he ended up becoming. But... It happens slowly but surely to us when we fixate, when we focus too much on the wrong things. Yeah, and I think oftentimes we think, like, we see that and we think, oh, yeah, that's silly. That's just Dickens doing the Dickens thing. It's over the top. But, like, that's the reality for a lot of folks out there. Hopefully not to that extent, but it is definitely true. But, Joel, let's talk about spending our money. 70% uh, of the U.S. economy... Well, it revolves around consumption and economists, they have a word, you know, that they use to refer to us. The two of us use it sometimes, too, although we, we do try to use it sparingly. But that word is consumer. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the fact that we actually do consume things, whether it's food or beer or clothing. Right. Like I like wearing clothes. I like to eat pizza. But I think that most of us, we 
end up subtly believing that because we consume, therefore we are, which is not true. But we want to talk about a few ways to think about your role as a human being, you know, walking through this world, occasionally doing consuming, like we're not living off in the woods, like sewing our own clothes together from animal skins and eating berries. (laughs) Like we live in the real world and therefore we think it's really important to think about how it is that we consume in a very thoughtful manner. Yeah. It's really easy to take kind of the incessant marketing that we are inundated with, whether it's on social media, billboards driving around. Now we were just, you know, in Scotland. I didn't, I don't really remember seeing billboards, but when we drive around here, wow, billboards all the time. I don't even think I realized it. All over the place. Yeah. There there were no billboards. Yeah. Constantly feeding us things that we should buy or do or a way of being. And so it's just really easy to buy into that living here. Whereas I think in other places, uh, it's, it's easier to divorce yourself from the reality that you're, you are a consumer, right? Because we're, that, that's ultimately not the greatest definition of who we are. And it's not that we want you to live some sort of miserly existence, some sort of Walden Pond sort of uh, asceticism away from everything worldly, but we just want you to be very cautious and to be sure that you're upgrading your lifestyle on purpose because you've thought about it, not simply because it seems like the, the socially conventional thing to do. And that's because it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Once you make an upgrade, it's pretty darn hard to go back. Matt, it makes me think about when you know we, we were just rear-ended our, in our van. We had to get a new-to-us used minivan. And I was talking about how, oh, man, is it worth it to save a little bit of money by going with the LX model, which is like the most basic model of the Honda Odyssey? And it, I was like, it doesn't come with power sliding doors. And you said... It's really hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube on that. Now that you've gotten adjusted to yeah. life with power sliding doors, how are you going to go back? I didn't realize they still made vans without power sliding doors. Well, that's how you. I mean, I'm talking about ten year old cars. Them, here, so. I've gotten, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, these are. I think they did ten years ago. I don't know if they do anymore. But when we're talking about that used car, I, I was like, "You're right. You're right. I don't know that I can with three young kids go back to no power sliding doors." And so we ended up finding an awesome used used van uh, that that still had power sliding doors. But part of saving and why we save and invest is because we have higher aspirations and we do want some nicer things and that's okay. So how do we go about it the right way without letting lifestyle creep drive us to spend more than we should? It really comes down to it means spending your money on purpose and it can be helpful to remember that the stuff you're buying now is going to take away choices that you can make in the future. Mm -hmm. That is like a crucial lesson we all have to learn about money. The the best example I can give of this for myself was when I was a kid and uh, I wanted to new gaming system. And I think a new Xbox had just come out and one of my friends said, hey, listen, I'll sell you my Sega Dreamcast, games included, all this stuff. But because it was kind of the old system, I I spent a good bit of money on it, but I didn't end up playing it very much. And I still think about what a waste of money that was because I wasn't thoughtful enough about that purchase. And maybe that, <laughs> it still haunts you. It does. It does. But I like, I live with that in, in not, not a horrific way, but I live with that (laughs) as a a method of informing how I spend now. Like, is this going to be one of those things? Have I thought through the purchase well enough? Is it something that I'm planning to use in per, like for a long period of time, or is it something I'm going to get bored of really quickly? It's 30 years later, but is this my new Sega Dreamcast? Exactly. <laughs> I hold it up to the Sega Dreamcast <laughs> test. It's so weird. I, although Crazy Taxi was a fun game, but it's fun for oh, like an hour or I remember, two. I remember it, that one. And then it gets boring really quick. <laughs> uh, I, so it makes me think of what the white coat investor says to, to new doctors out there. Uh, and he tells them to keep living like a resident, uh, especially if you're graduating from college and you know, you've got a sweet job offer, like you are going to be making a lot more money than you're used to. And it's going to be so easy to start treating yourself now because you've just got a massive pay bump. And, you know, like you don't need to continue to have five roommates. Uh, you don't need to keep eating cheap ramen and PB&Js every single night. But holding on to some of those frugal ways of being, it, and I would say some choice frugal ways, like because for some folks out there, they're, they're thinking, all right, no, the quality of food that I eat, that's going to be the first thing that I upgrade. Great. Maybe that means, though, that you don't buy a nicer vehicle. Yeah. I think there's all there's always different ways that we can choose to upgrade certain things in our life. Yeah, you can select, life. selectively do it intentionally as opposed yes. to just upgrading everything that's exactly all at what once we're talking about. Yeah, being in t- spending your money intentionally. Uh, but this is going to allow you to increase that savings rate if you're able to keep some of those expenses in check and just start developing some breathing room with your money. But it's also about establishing just a habit of living below your means, which is so cru- crucial. You're never going to be able to get ahead with your savings or your investments if you're constantly blowing out your budget, if you're always spending more than you're actually bringing in. Yeah, and I love that you, you said breathing room. Man, that is something a whole lot of Americans, when you look at the statistics, have 
don't have an experience with when it comes to money. And sometimes it's because of a lack of income, but most of the time, much of the time, it's because of a lack of thoughtfulness and intentionality and, and saving little by little to have that breathing room to achieve that. And boy, what a weight off your shoulders, what a stress relief it is mm-hmm. to have that breathing room. We want everyone to experience that. And we, we want graduates to never experience a time when they didn't have that breathing room. Now is the time to create it and then make sure you never lose it, right? So sure. uh, start start that that kind of rule of living below your means now, never change it so that you always have that breathing room now and forever. And basically what we're talking about is avoiding living paycheck to paycheck. If you're out there listening and maybe you've, you know, you're beyond you know undergrad and you've been working for a little bit, if you're thinking, yeah, if I didn't get my check, like it makes me think of with all the debt ceiling talk about uh, government employees not mm-hmm. being able to get paid. And if you're in a position to where not getting, you know, payroll not happening and you not receiving that check puts you in a precarious position. Well, that is the definition of living paycheck to paycheck. That is the definition of not having some of that financial margin in your life. And that's what it is that we want folks to avoid. Yeah. But that being said, when it comes to actually spending your money, because like we said earlier, it's going to you are going to have to spend some of your money. Yeah. We would recommend prioritizing experiences over stuff. We By think the way, that, everyone should spend money like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of spend spending shaming that goes on in the personal finance community. Well, it depends on like what crevice, what dark corners of the Internet that, right. that you, where you're lurking. If because if you are in like the extreme financial independence, retire early folks like, yeah, you will b- get hit, hit with a big sense of, oh, you shouldn't be spending any of your money. Yeah, like, how dare you buy any items that actually bring you any joy? Right. But when it comes to experiences, like I do think that that's a reasonable rule of thumb because like popular culture, it's a constantly evolving enigma. (laughs) And for a while there, it seemed that there was a lot of self-justification when it came to spending on vacations or on concerts, things like that. Um, I I think experiences over stuff like that emerged, uh, you know, as a sort of rallying cry. And and many folks were out there were taking things too far, like they were going into debt for trips that they couldn't afford. But the fact is, I think some of the biggest regrets that we do hear from some of those ultra frugal folks, you know, in those dark corners of the, <laughs> the fire community, I don't want to denigrate it too much because we have a lot of friends within the fire community. Sure. Um, but some of the regrets that we hear is that those folks are just so focused on maintaining an extraordinary savings rate that they failed to pay, sometimes even just tiny amounts of money to partake in meaningful very life-fulfilling experiences with their friends and with their family. Uh, So going back to what we said earlier, starting with the end in mind and essentially beginning to design what it is that you want your life to look like. That is an important step that you don't want to skip. And maybe this is coming from a self-professed overly frugal person <laughs> who's borderline been cheap at times and maybe have, have some of my own regrets about not attending different events or, or things like that yeah. when, I, when I look back. Well, yeah, and I think, I don't know, I, I, I do agree that experiences over stuff is a good rule of thumb, but I also think it's too simplistic at times. And I think there are a lot of actual purchases that bring us a lot of value too. So one of the things I've talked about this on the show, Emily and I, we buy a piece of folk art that's new to us every single year. Brings us so much joy. We've got all these amazing memories and all this amazing art that we get to look at every single day that decorates our home. And so uh, figure out what are those uh, items too, the, Mm -hmm. the specific things you do like to purchase that are going to provide you joy. So it, it, I think experiences are often better because they give you something to look forward to, something to reflect back on, which is great. But some purchases can have a similar sort of impact yeah, totally. if you're if you're smart about it. Well, I think so. The, I think the argument for experiences, of course, then we're not going to make this all about stuff versus experiences. But oftentimes with experiences, there's somebody else involved, and so. And when you're able to build uh, and foster the growth of a relationship, whether it be through trips or vacations like, you know, like we just took with you and Emily, that can certainly seem like a wise use of money. But what you're saying about the folk art is it does a similar thing. Like y'all are able to look back over the years and you know when it is that you purchase that item. Uh, we got you it, appreci- this at that festival or this yeah. is oh, that favorite local artist that we love. And oh, this exactly. was for our ninth anniversary or whatever. Like it it has a story. Like yes. it's a meaningful purchase in that way. And I think you can absolutely do that with stuff. What we're talking about is avoiding knee-jerk Amazon purchases. Yeah, just the dumb stuff that doesn't have any story. You just saw it because it was on sale or because <laughs> you, you thought that that's something that you want. Which... I was guilty of back in the day in particular. Oh, yeah, we, uh, just, we all fall prey to it. Hey, it's a good deal. Let me let me get it. Yeah. And and that, but now I've become what I would say is essentially a value 
podcast and we talk about Matt why we spend so much on craft beer it's one of those things that uh, one of the few things really in our lives that we're happy to spend extravagantly on while we're saving and investing for the future but there are so many other things that just don't move the needle for us and we reduce the cost of those things as much as possible in yeah. our lives like, like was, for you it's the vacuum cleaner right? but yes. for me I, I like I value maybe having uh, some tools so I'm like maybe a little more willing yeah. to, to spend a little bit more or even nice with, vacuum. with our minivans like we're one car families and, and it kind of killed me that our $5,000 minivan bit the dust and we had to get one that was $12,000 right and I, it was hard for me to fork over those dollars but we needed something reliable especially since we're a one car family but th- these are the Absolutely. kind of things right like if you're naturally super frugal it's not a bad thing to reduce what you pay on things that aren't of significant value to to you but it's important also to find a way to enjoy spending on the things that you love at the same time and and i just want to encourage you to not do it painstakingly every time you do it kills the enjoyment of those purchases Uh, for me as uh you know a recovering ultra frugalite myself matt very similar to kind of how you were just describing yourself we've grown over the years we have we have and i still look back to that (laughs) we're still cheap in some ways like they're like folks looking in from the outside would say i can't believe you guys do that right like that is ridiculous yeah but i think about our conversation with ken honda back in the day and how uh it was his book was called happy money and he really reframed kind of my thought process on spending certain things and he and he allowed he made me think that I could experience more joy in spending on things that I that I that mattered to me as opposed to buying those things through gritted teeth, <laughs> which I was often doing. I was like, I definitely want this thing, but oh my gosh, I'm forking over the money just because I can't. And and like that really removed the joy from that purchase and it diminished the the value and the joy I was able to get from it. So I'm glad to have not fully reformed in that way, but I've, I've changed a lot. So I want people to be able to experience joy on the things that they're buying that matter to them. But Matt, we've got more advice for for new graduates that we've got to get to on this episode. We, In particular, it's really easy to think about current day you. And it's really, really hard, especially in your early 20s, to think about future you. But we want to talk about why that's so important and give some more advice specifically on the investing front. We'll get to that right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. 
For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. We are back and we still have some additional post-grad financial advice for folks out there. Uh, We just spent a good amount of time discussing what's probably, honestly, the the easiest thing to do with your money, spending it. Uh, So let's now dive into into delaying that gratification, right? Let's talk about socking away money by saving and investing your money. And you know, what's interesting is, is that we're still kind of talking about spending money, but what we've changed is the timing of spending that money, right? Like when it is that you're going to spend that money. Because uh, the goal, like we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, the goal isn't to die with just millions of dollars in the bank, mm-hmm. uh, but it's simply to be able to have some money on hand to spend in your later years when you're not capable of working or maybe just simply because you don't want to work anymore for for a, a paycheck. Or yeah, you don't want to work as much or you want to work at a job that pays less because it's more fulfilling, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you've got a different mission, something that you want to pursue. Uh, but I think just the simple shift of how it is that we think about the money that we save or invest, it can dramatically just improve the emotions surrounding what feels like deprivation, right? What Surrounding what, what feels like even a chore. Um, we're not just foregoing fun now, we're ensure, ensuring future joy. It's just a matter of focus. Like it makes me think, and we try to avoid health and weight loss analogies because it's just overdone. There are a dime a dozen. But, <laughs> but it's so true. Like it makes me think about folks losing weight. You don't necessarily think about the fact that Oh, I can't eat all the all of my favorite foods right now. Instead, what you're focusing on is what you are going to achieve later down the road. You're not thinking about the deprivation now. You're thinking about the the goals that you're striving after. It's going to enhance your life for years and decades to come. Yeah, and so whether that's just being able to run a certain 10k time or I don't know whatever it is that you know from a health standpoint, the same thing is true with with your money. You just want to be able to have the ability to not necessarily be tied to your nine to five. You want to have the options to be able to maybe spend a little more lavishly in your later years. That's what we're getting at here. All right. So let's give a few nuggets, a few takeaways on the investing front, Matt, maybe just a few sort of pithy phrases and describe them of of what it looks like to be successful on the investing front, especially like because if you're in your early 20s and you learn this stuff now, you're going to be light years ahead of your peers when it comes to building wealth and kind of doing things the right way. So just a few things. Let's start with get rich slowly, which is a phrase that we would say is worth living by. Because yeah. honestly, yeah, that, the phrase has a ring to it. I like it. But you know what I would change it to, Matt, actually? I would probably change it to build wealth slowly. Uh, if I was going to kind of jollify that phrase, because we just think there's a, a meaningful difference between wanting to be rich and wanting to build wealth. To me, those are those are kind of, I know they sound the same, but they're a little distinct. They're a little different. Rich connotates flash, in my opinion, and a willingness maybe to take the expedient route to get there. But we would say that attempting to take shortcuts in order to accelerate your progress with your finances is often going to have the opposite effect. Yep. We've heard from so many listeners who timed the market, bought individual stocks or meme stocks, or uh, jumped on the crypto train at the wrong time. They've lost precious dollars, really, that, that could have served their future. And it's a tough lesson to take. And it's really one we'd rather you learn by hearing than experiencing. A lot of people, Matt, kind of have to make their own mistakes. But there's also ways, if you're if you're wise enough yep. when you're young, to, to basically learn from other people's mistakes. And isn't that the best way to approach it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that you change it to wealth because like there's something like when you think about when I think about wealth, it makes me think of health. Like it, th- it seems healthy as Just opposed to- Just because they rhyme? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you're rich, you're going to end up in the ditch. <laughs> um, but another sort of maxim when it comes to- That's what people tune in for, by the way, Matt, is- All, the, all, all of our sayings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, But time in the market is better than timing the market. That's another good approach when it comes to investing your money. This is another oldie, uh, but a goodie. And it it might sound weird coming from us money guys, but the less you actually think about investing, I think the better off you're going to be. And that doesn't mean avoiding it. It just means that you do the right thing and then you just move on with your life. Uh, And the best way to accomplish this is to dollar cost average, where you invest money into the market with every single paycheck. And you can do that within, simply put, you know, just your workplace retirement account. You can do that within a Roth IRA, but make it like clockwork. Something that hopefully even better is automated and where you don't necessarily have control over whether or not something gets invested or not. It just 
happens. Uh, but then over time, grow those contributions each and every year as you progress and as your income grows. Those are the kind of changes that we would love for, for you to make. But then when it comes to the amount of wealth that you've accumulated over time, we would recommend for you to not necessarily look at your, your balance all that often. Honestly, it kind of makes it more fun to, <laughs> to see those dramatic increases when you finally do log into your account. But this is one of the, the one of the arguments we have against apps out there like Robinhood. They make it so dang easy for you to get in there to fiddle with it to see how much money you've lost or how much money you've you know how much you've gained today. They almost make it a little too easy. We'd rather it be something that that you don't see all that often, right? Like like there should be a little bit of friction there. And so if you use the software like Empower, where it automatically tracks your net worth, or if you're like me and you're old school and you, you budget via Excel, I think it's totally fine to get in there once a month, update your numbers so you've got that data, mostly so that at the end of the year, you can kind of see just the, the movement over the course of the year, right? So where you can look and say, oh man, sweet, we invested 33% of our income this year. That's up 3% from last year. That's awesome. That's the kind of big picture information we want you to focus on as opposed to the small fluctuations over the course of days and weeks even of your net worth. One, just because it's a time suck. Two, because it's probably actually going to detract from your bigger goals, right? Yeah. So yep. there, there's a whole lot of reasons to to take the time in the market versus timing the market. And just to take a step back, still keep investing, but don't focus on it nearly as much as other people around you who are just uh, looking at the bells and whistles and looking at the gyrations all the time. Like what a worthless thing to be focused on really. Yeah. And, and so it makes me think about just something else we recommend to new grads. And that's to be a boring investor, but to be a fun person. Notice all of these things are related, yeah. uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're all investing related. Yeah. But being, I would say being uninteresting in one area doesn't mean you can't be exciting in another. Just because you're taking the super lazy, not much to see here route to investing. But you have a dynamic personality. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's, you can totally do both. I've, I've talked to people, man, who have the most boring job and they're the most fascinating people. It's it, it, like they, they don't necessarily have to go hand in hand. And I think the same thing is That's true fair. on the investing front. Like when you're picking funds like a total stock market fund or an S&P 500 fund or a target date retirement fund that matches the year you're most likely to retire. Well, that doesn't mean you can't be Ryan Reynolds-esque level interesting across a swath of other pursuits. I mean, that guy's fascinating. I'm going to buy a gin company right. and then a soccer company. Yeah, a soccer team. And then <laughs> I'm going to make a team. show about it. You know, it's like, uh, then I'm going to own Mint Mobile. Then I'm going to sell it to yeah. T-Mobile. And I'm, I mean, that guy's just a, an, an interesting entrepreneur. But uh, keeping your investing boring really, I yeah. think, ensures that you're going to have ample time to focus on cooler crap in this world. Not, a, not many of us have the abilities that Ryan Reynolds possesses. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, th I think what you're getting at here is basically what we're doing is we're shifting from being financially literate to combating the psychological and emotional and mental forces that might cause us to make investments that would later harm us, right? right? Like you need to know enough to actually invest, but then you need to know enough to actually let it be and yeah. to not basically shoot yourself in the foot. To know your limits and to know the reality that the more you try, it's like one of the, it's funny because it's such a paradox. It's one of the only places in this life where more effort is actually going to uh, ensure inferior results. Oh yeah. I, I can't think of almost anything else in this life where that's the case, but in investing, it's almost certainly the case for, for almost everyone. Well, I mean, I think it does apply. It could apply to a lot of different areas where most of what you need to know will get you most of the way there. And like, like if you're focused on, again, like a health thing and you're trying to get healthy, that's great. Start going to the gym, whatever. But if you overly obsess on it or whatever, like it's going to start taking away in other areas of your life, right? Or like true, but the truth like, is, like, if you obsess over your health more and more, you will see more and more improvement. But the, that's not the true in true in the stock market. That is true, but like I guess okay, maybe a better example, like like you you mentioned like seeing a, a deal or or whatever, like something on sale, and I think it's totally fine to get things on sale. But if you're constantly looking at the sales, if you're constantly looking at the deals, well, in fact you might end up spending That's more true. of your money or might like sink your own ship. Yeah. Yeah. Like it similarly, like earlier, we we're talking about focusing on your, on your career. It is good to try to get ahead when it comes to your career. It is good to build up your resume, but if you are so overly focused on your job, you're going to miss out on other areas. And when it comes to how it is that we talk about money, we're not just talking about money in and of itself. We're, we tend to take a big picture view uh, and how is this going to impact you as a whole person, yeah. not necessarily just your your finances, not 
just uh, how much you've got saved in the bank. And so on the note of stepping outside of just the financial financial realm is that we want all of you grads out there to continue investing in yourself. And obviously, we're not just going to be talking about spending money <laughs> on your education. That's obviously something that a lot of folks have done if you are graduating from college, but finding different ways to continue to learn. And this is going to sound really dumb and pithy or whatever, but like we literally want you to continue to be curious and we want you to be a student in life. It pays invisible, but honestly, oftentimes more valuable, more valuable life dividends. Uh, we actually talked about this in depth back in the day, uh, but it's possible to get so focused on investing in the market that you fail to use some of those dollars to invest in your own skills and and your own career. Uh, like we're not necessarily talking about degrees here, although that certainly can be one way to invest in yourself if you do it the right way. But as you are socking away money for your future, which is great, don't forget to also find ways to funnel some of your income towards growing your skills, growing your network, your career even, because uh, not only can it generate eventually a higher income because you're able to earn more, but it's just enriching in and of itself. Uh, and we think that that can, again, stepping outside of the realm of finances, that that can lead to a more satisfying and fulfilling life. Makes me think about how some folks prioritize investing money in a 529 account for their kids. One, before they've invested for their own retirement nearly enough. Big no-no. Yeah, but also before they've prioritized in you know spending money in ways that enrich their child's uh, future in the here and now, right? That mm -hmm. whether it's a Zoom membership, whether it's travel, some sort of like, you know, world schooling kind of stuff. There's so many ways that we can spend that money to help our kids become more well-rounded, interesting people, well-educated people, as opposed to just socking money away for their future in a 529 account. And if you can do both and, more power to you. But I think a lot of people are are so prioritized, because, especially if they're, they're prone towards frugality and they're prone towards making smart moves with their money. All they can see is the dollars and cents portion of it and, it and they have a hard time seeing the other ways in which using money now can generate a massive return over the years, but just from less of a dollars and cents standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, we want folks to continue to find some of those non-traditional ways to invest not only in yourself, but in those around you, you know, in particular of your kids. But, you know, like as we're talking, like I almost thought about mentioning this earlier when we were talking about like checking in on your net worth. But we it's important to note that like your net worth, like how much money you have in the bank, it does not equal your personal worth because uh, it is again, it's, it's super fun to check in occasionally and see your net worth grow. In fact, we do want you tracking it so that you can see your progress. Um, it's not necessarily guaranteed to go up every single year, but the general trajectory, it hopefully will be up and to the right as you continue to invest, like we suggested. But don't let that number, don't let that weigh too heavily on how it is that you feel about yourself. Because like we said earlier, money, it's a tool. It is not the measuring stick in and of itself. It measures how much money you have in the bank, but it is not a measure of you as an individual, as a person. We want you to enjoy making that progress, but don't allow it to take up too much of your focus. There are far more interesting things for you to think about, for, for you to place your focus on than your net worth. Instead, focus on the important relationships in your life, your best friends, your family, uh, or even the next uh, yeah, gin company that you're going to you know, <laughs> purchase or whatever. There are more interesting things about you too right? Then your net worth, like nobody, nobody cares. Like there's so many other questions that you're going to get asked in the course of a conversation. No one ever is ever going to ask like, what's your 401k balance? It's, it's a good thing to have a healthy 401k balance, but that is not an interesting thing about you. So make sure you're developing things in your life that make you interesting from a personal human perspective uh, that make you a good friend and a generous human being, as opposed to just, just focusing on growing that, that balance. Mm -hmm. Right. And speaking of like, I think generosity can be enriching, Matt. That's something else that I want young people to think about even now. And it seems counterintuitive, but giving your money and your time away is going to give you a better sense of the limited abilities that money has. Yeah, sure, you could use it to consume more. You might even be able to convince yourself that it's time to buy a boat or something like that, right? Or it's like, <laughs> it's jet ski time. I've reached that level of wealth. But I, I would suggest that seeing those dollars do good for other people in the world is not only gratifying from an individual perspective, but it also helps put money in its proper place. Uh, I think it reframes kind of that subject that you come into contact with all day, uh, all day, every day, or at least portions of the day every day, right? Yeah, well, and uh, I think it can just act as a, as a check on how it is that we relate to money. Uh, it can act as like a ballast, you know, like in a boat, uh, acts as a, counter, a counterweight. But obviously, like money advice and what we've talked about today, like these different points, 
they can and they probably should be to, to a certain extent be a bit paradoxical uh, because for you as an individual it's going to take some time to figure out where it is that you land on all of these things you know like just think about a pendulum swinging trying to find that that happy medium for yourself and hopefully you're not swinging too far from one end to the other where you're gonna totally wreck yourself yeah yeah <laughs> uh, part of it does involve a little experimentation yes and, and so you're going to you're be, trying things out you're trying to get close to the mm-hmm. center of the pendulum but nobody ever gets directly to the center of the pendulum well i think if somebody basically has found if they're completely happy with how it is that they're spending their money i think for them they have found that perfect yeah. sweet spot right and so it that's and so there's Just no as perfect a human being we're always changing and our yeah, desires yeah. And our hopes and our goals are always morphing even little by little so it's tough to find the exact center but we're always kind of looking you're always it. striving after that yeah and i think this points to the fact that there's no perfect formula right like like there's no way for us to say well you should be saving exactly this much towards your retirement that's right um we know that there are more and less aggressive ways to save for your retirement. And we know that if you're only saving a small amount uh, towards retirement, that things may not pan out for you, right? Like like if you're if you're the average American and you're only saving like 2% of your pay, you know, and you've got crappy debt that you're not really eliminating, you're never really amassing any peace out money, you don't have any margin, well, things aren't really going to work out for you in a way that's going to land you in a place of financial stability uh, for a really long time. But at the other end of the spectrum, if you're chasing after fire, you want to be financially independent in 10 years. That also kind of sounds like an existence that doesn't necessarily appeal to a lot of folks. It's going to be a rough next decade, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With full, exactly. full of just a lot of work, long hours, and, and maybe not enough uh, enjoyment of the things that matter during a really important decade where, where there's a lot to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like neither of those options sounds all that appealing <laughs> to us. Uh, but we want folks to get out there. We want you to try some stuff. We want you to make some mistakes. But form some good habits early. And that's you know what we tried to get at today. Uh, and enjoy some of the experiences that money can buy. And all the while, working towards the freedom that money is able to garner you as well. And that being said, if you are not a recent grad, maybe you are further along in your career, that doesn't mean that you can't take some of the different pieces of advice that we discussed today and begin to apply them within your life. Obviously, the younger you are, the more you've got time on your side. you got that compounding interest working with you, working for you, not against you. But that doesn't mean that you can't begin to implement some of these positive changes regardless of how old you are. Matt, you know what I always loved about kind of a phase of life change was that you could kind of almost reinvent yourself, right? You could never change your stripes, change who you were in so many ways. Give yourself a new nickname. <laughs> right, exactly. People call me Thunder, <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's just, but there is a, a whole, there are a whole lot of ways as you enter a new phase of life and are into the workforce when you were in college that you can start to change the direction of your life for, for the better. It is, like we said at the beginning, kind of a hinge point and you, you don't have to be the person you've been. Maybe you've been a spendthrift and you're like, I Want, I want to have more options at my disposal in the near-term future. You can you can take some of these things, you can implement them, and you can start to move in a different direction. You can use it as a chance to pivot, and that pivot move in basketball is like the the is like the coolest thing because you can you can like break somebody's ankles, as they say in the lingo of and one. That's the uh, the brand we used to wear back in the day in middle school. <laughs> you can break somebody's ankles and drive towards the hoop and leave that person off balance, all with a really sick pivot move. And uh, these these are just in, inflection points. Uh, graduating from high school or college is a massive inflection point, allowing you to kind of start to change your trajectory for the better, to start to make moves that are going to impact your future positively. And it's really easy to say, to just kind of keep doing the things you've been doing. But man, how uh, big can it be? If you were to just implement a few of the things we're talking about here, uh, you're going to be in a whole different place than you otherwise would be just a decade from now. We we want all of the How to Money graduates and listeners who have kids that are graduating to use some of these tactics, some of these methods to their advantage to, to change their future financial lives. That's right, man. All right, let's get back to our beer that you and I enjoyed during this episode. This was The Taken, which was a farmhouse ale with honey by Casa Agria, a collab with There Does Not Exist, and that is the name of the brewery, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, or is it... No, that is. It is. is I it a brewery? Up, a brewery okay. Out nice. of, I believe San Luis Obispo. So. Well, I was thinking there's a chance that they were the honey supplier. Oh. Uh, like it could have been a... Maybe be- it is. I don't know. I didn't look a, it up that thoroughly. Could have been a honey keep. <laughs> is, that what, is that what you call them? I don't uh, know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what were, your, what were your thoughts on this farmhouse? To me, it was like super barnyardy. It, it mm-hmm. really... It, but it wasn't 
super funky, but it had just a lot of like rustic notes to it. Yeah. And a little bit of that honey sweetness, but honestly not a lot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I, I like farmhouse beers. Uh, I picked they're... up on the honey notes. Yeah. It, it gave it that earthiness as opposed to like a, like it wasn't overwhelmingly sweet. Like, it, no. cause you might see this and think, oh, it's got honey. It, it's going to taste like... I don't know, what's something you put honey on? My kids on? put honey on peanut butter toast. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you might be thinking, oh, this is going to be super sweet and crystallized with the sugars from the honey. Like, no, it's uh, it's, it's still got that farmhouse funk, like you Very said. Very much a touch of honey, yeah. But it almost has like a like a Belgian kind of yeastiness that you get with like a Belgian white uh, to a certain extent yeah. as well. Not like, yeah. Not, not over lot. the top, but no. a little bit for sure. Just a, just a touch. Yeah, this beer was actually more reserved than I thought it was going to be, but it's still... It was chill. Still interesting. It's honestly good. Still it was tasty. probably reserved because yeah. if it was over the top and that, that honey flavor, it can be a bit much. That's true. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Matt, for uh, listeners, can find more show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com for this episode. And they can also find our newsletter there at howtomoney.com slash newsletter. Comes out every Tuesday morning, chock full of financial advice that's helpful and fun and laid back. Also, the newsletter is free, so make sure to sign up. So you're going to say chock full of financial bits. <laughs> kind of sounds like nuts. Oh, it does. Chock full of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.